Welcome and thanks for listening to the Community Christian Church Podcast. To learn more about Community Christian Church, visit us online at cccsterling.org. Today's message comes from Pastor Chris Ria. Well, good morning, everyone. We are in a series called True or False, and we're looking at a few popular statements that people kind of throw around these days to determine what the Bible actually says about these statements. And today we're going to look at the statement, God never gives you more than you can handle. True or false? Well, we're going to dive into it. And I like to say that there's pretty much three types of people in the world. There's people who have gone through something very emotionally or physically painful. There are people who are going through something very emotionally or physically painful. And there's people who are about to go through something either emotionally or physically painful. Don't you feel encouraged this morning? Welcome. It's good to be here with you. I know it's not that encouraging of a way to open a, a message, but I'm sure most of you would agree with what I just said. Some of you right now are going through a lot. Maybe you're going through a financial hardship, or maybe you're going through something very hard at home with a loved one. Maybe someone you know got a bad medical report, or you're suffering, or someone you love is suffering. Whatever it may be, sometimes life just gets hard, and the weight of this pressure and this pain gets heavier and heavier, and sometimes you just think, I don't know if I could take one more thing. Has anyone been there before? I know I have. And then when this happens, it never fails that some well-meaning Christian will come up to you and they'll give you some Christian cliche to try to encourage you. Like, hey, don't worry when you're going through some hard, don't worry. Whenever God shuts a door, he'll open a window. I don't even know what that means. I went to Bible college and I've been a pastor for 20 years and I still don't know what that phrase actually means. Well, people will throw these things out there. Oh, don't worry, God's got it. Um, Remember, everything happens for a reason. Thank you, that's very encouraging right now in this season. I appreciate that. Or all in God's timing. Don't worry, it's all in God's time. Well, thank you, I appreciate that. I still feel a huge weight on me, and that didn't help at all. But thank you very much. But one of my favorite is this. People walk up to you and say, don't worry. God, the Bible says, God will never give you more than you can handle. That's what people say to me a lot. And that's a true or false statement. God will never give you more than you can handle. Is that biblical? And the answer is no. That is a false statement. The statement that God will never give you more than you can handle is false. It's not in the Bible. And most people think it's in the Bible because they look at a verse that Paul uses in 1 Corinthians 10, 13. When Paul's talking to the Corinthian church about temptation, 
He's given them a powerful word on temptation, and he says this, no temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will never let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you're tempted, he will provide a way out so you can endure it. He's talking about temptation here. He's talking about the flesh, that in this world, there's things that are going to tempt us all around us. We're going to want to stray from time to time. But don't worry, God's faithful. He'll give you a way out of every temptation. You don't have to fall into that sin time after time after time. God's going to give you a way out. He'll never tempt you beyond what you can bear. He'll never allow you to be tempted beyond what you can bear. But it doesn't say he won't give you more than you can handle when it comes to enduring hardship. That's not there. In fact, when you look throughout Scripture, you see that the Bible is filled with stories of people who were given more than they could bear, unfortunately. If you look at the book of Job alone, now we know this was a spiritual attack, but God allowed it. Job's animals and servants died first. Man, that's, that's painful. If you lost an animal, you know how painful that can be. Animals and servants. Then he lost the majority of his wealth. Ouch. Okay, God, you know, that's, that's good. Then he lost his sons and daughters. They were killed, tragically, all of them. Then he gets sores all over his body. Then his wife comes in and says, you might as well just curse God and die. She's very encouraging to him in this moment. And then his friends come. What kind of secret sin do you have in your life that you're, you're in all this pain? I think that was more than Job could handle. That's more than any of us could handle. What about King David? He's anointed king. Then the, one of the most powerful kings on the earth and King Saul wants to have him killed. He has to go on the run live in caves, leave his homeland, live as a foreigner. Every night, he's wondering if tonight's the night where Saul's going to find him and kill him. His level of anxiety was high. You can read about it all in the Psalms. He says, how long, God, will you let me go through this? It's more than I can bear. Years and years of that. Then we know with King David, he goes on to become king and he kind of has a season where he falls away from the Lord and he does, he has some moral failures in this season. He does some things that are not good for people of God to do or anyone really, but especially a man after God's own heart. And this is what he says in Psalms 38. Verse 4, he says, My guilt has overwhelmed me like a burden too heavy to bear. Verse 8 says, I'm exhausted and completely crushed. My groans come from an anguished heart. 
Sometimes we make choices in this life that we regret, and that becomes so overwhelming with guilt and shame and the baggage from those, the consequences of those choices. And it feels like it's more than we can handle or more than we can bear. Jesus himself in the New Testament, if you look at the book of Mark, he says this, he took Peter, James, and John along with them. This is right before he knew he was gonna have to go to the cross and suffer an incredible, horrific death for mankind. He says this, he says, he began to be deeply distressed and troubled. This is Jesus. My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. This is our Savior who had the weight of the world on his shoulders, and it was more than he could bear, more than he could handle. You see, God never said, I won't give you more than you can handle. In fact, some of you, you're feeling that pressure right now. Some of you know exactly what this feels like. You're waiting for a breakthrough. You're waiting for a season of rest. You're waiting for a season of peace. And you're wondering how long is it going to be. And I believe that God occasionally allows us. I don't believe God causes our pain. But I believe God occasionally allows us to suffer more than we can bear or handle for a couple of reasons. Number one, I think he is teaching us to depend on him and on his presence. See, when times are good, we don't often depend on God or on his presence. When everything is going good, when life is good, when we got money in the bank, when everyone around us is healthy, everything's good, moving in the right direction, it's very easy to just coast in our spiritual walk. It's very easy to put God on the back burner. It's very easy to not become dependent on God. But when something happens in life that is hard, something that's beyond what you can bear or handle on your own, it's usually in those times, it's easier to turn to God and his presence feels closer than it's ever been. When I was in Bible college, I worked at UPS loading trucks. That's what I did to to pay the bills, some of the bills anyway. And one day I was doing this and I had a manager. And, And this manager at UPS, she was fun, but when she found out that I was a Bible college student, she loved to razz me. She didn't believe in God. She made it very evident. How can you still believe in God with all this pain you see on the earth? How can you believe it? He doesn't exist. He's not real. She was very crude around me. She would cuss up a storm on purpose. I mean, she put together some phrases I never heard before in my life. Never to this day heard again. But we had a fun back and forth going for a while. But she was holding true that you're wasting your life, Chris. You're wasting your time doing this. Well, one day she came in and she looked very distraught to me. 
She didn't really talk to me the whole day. She wasn't herself. She was usually a very outgoing, bubbly person. And one day she came up to me. She waited for me in the break room after work. And I said, hey, what's going on? And she was like shaking. She was crying. She was like on the verge of a panic attack. And she said to me, my husband left me and my two kids last night, just got up and left, said, I'm out of here, and ran away with another woman, and I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know what I'm going to do. And she starts to shake. She starts to cry. She's looking at me. I'm a 19-year-old kid at the time. And I said, listen, you're not alone. I looked her right in the eye and said, you're not alone. Can I pray for you? See, sometimes in these moments, we don't need a little Christian cliche to make everything better right there, right? We need God. We need his presence. I didn't know what to say to this woman. I had zero life experience that would help me minister to her in that moment. None. All I knew to say is you're not alone. And I said, can I pray with you? I began to pray a prayer over her and God's presence and peace fell in the room. She stopped shaking, she stopped crying and she looked at me when I was done praying for her and she said, man, maybe he is real after all. She said, would you continue to pray for me? I said, I will definitely continue to pray for me. For, for you, I will definitely keep you in, in prayer. But it was interesting that this woman went from atheism, not believing in God, to something crushed her. Something more than she could handle happened in her life. And all of a sudden, who did she turn to? She turned to a Christian because she knew, she sensed, because God was drawing her. She sensed she needed God. And he showed up for her. That's what he does when we're in pain. It's amazing how when life gets difficult, suddenly we're drawn to God's presence. Suddenly we're in his word. Suddenly we got worship music on all the time because we're desperate for a touch from our God. If you know the story of Jonah in any way in the Old Testament, you will know that God called Jonah to go minister to the Ninevites. This is what he said. He said, Jonah, I want you to go to the Ninevites. And this would kind of be like in modern day terms, God saying, calling one of us and saying, I want you to go to Afghanistan and minister to the Taliban. It's pretty much what he said. It was very similar to that. And Jonah said, no. And the reason he said no, it wasn't because he was afraid to go. It was because he didn't want to go. He didn't want them to repent and get God's mercy. He wanted God to wipe them off the face of the earth for what they were doing to people. And so God said, well, I'm going to, I want to use you to to preach to them so that they can repent. 
No. So he runs away from God. And if you know the story, through an odd series of events, he's thrown off a ship and he ends up in the belly of a giant fish, the Bible says. And this is what he says. Jonah says, in my distress, I called to the Lord and he answered me. When my life was ebbing away, I remembered you, Lord, and my prayer rose to you. He didn't say, in my success, I called out to you. Obviously, Jonah was successful. He was a person God wanted to use in a powerful way. But it wasn't in his success that he cried out to God desperately and said, I'll do whatever you want me to do. It was in distress. And sometimes when we're in distress, we get desperate for the presence of God. And we need God and we call out to God. So I think that's why at times we walk through things that are hard, too hard for us to handle without God. I was on a missions trip in Peru one time. And when I was on this trip, one of the local pastors asked me, said, would you come to my church? I want to show you my church. Now, sometimes they do this when you're overseas because they know that you're a church in the United States and you can support them financially. And so I thought that's kind of what he was doing is he was trying to show me his church so that maybe we would end up supporting them uh, financially. So he brought me over to this church and he was so proud of this church. It was in a really poor area of Peru. I mean, the kind of area where you have live little chickens and guinea pigs running around behind the church that you literally use to eat for your family. I mean, it was very, very, very poor area in Peru. And I walk into this building, and it's probably maybe eight, nine hundred square foot building, very small, smaller than most of our homes. It's made out of cinder blocks, has no doors or windows on it. It's open. The floor is dirt. And there's a little stage where he can preach. And they had two rooms. They had a sanctuary, what they called a sanctuary, where he could speak and people could come and hear about God. And they had what's called a healing room. Now, he was showing me the sanctuary. I'm like, oh, very nice, you know, muy bien. And then I walked over and into the healing room. And there was literally a man laying on the floor, looked like he was knocking on death's door. And I, and I said, what is this? He's like, oh, this is a healing room. We let people who don't have insurance, don't, can't afford hospital care, or have been given a terminal illness, you know, been, been diagnosed with a terminal illness, they, we let them come here into this room, and God either heals them or they die right there. Wow, that's heavy. And so I'm thinking he wants me to pray over this guy who's laying there on the floor. And I'm like, all right, I got to build my faith here because this guy, I mean, wow. So I'm like, Lord, you got you to gotta show up here. But that's not what he wanted. All of a sudden, um, these women come out of another room. It's their prayer room. And they came out. And it was this man's wife and a few of her friends. And she came out and he introduced me to her. And I'm just waiting because I know they want something from me, right? And they said, we just want to pray over you in our healing room. 
okay. I mean, literally this small room, guy over here, I'm worried about him. Like, I, I'm like, how can this, how can we not call 911 right now? Like, like I'm, I'm concerned. I'm like, okay, you can pray over me. And when they prayed over me in this little church, halfway around the world, they prayed over me. I had never sensed God's presence that strong before that moment or after. He was there. I'd never been more sure of anything in my life. And I was blown away by this. Sometimes in the distress, in, in the pain, that's when God's presence is the most evident. See, we get so comfortable in life and get to a point where we have so much. We can go to the hospital when we're sick. We can go to the doctor's office, urgent care. We can do everything. We have family. We have friends. We have money. We have people. We can throw resources at things. But when you're desperate, when you've got more than you can handle in life, when you're facing adversity like you've never faced before, God God's presence can say, here I am. Trust me, rely on me. I'm with you. I'm with you. And it's hard. In fact, Psalm 34, 18 says this. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. He's close. Sometimes we don't feel that closeness. And I believe we don't feel that closeness with God sometimes when we're going through a storm because we have built up so much emotional trauma and pain in our lives due to other storms and life not going the way we thought it should go. And all of a sudden, our souls are so filled with pain and heartache and trauma that it creates this distance between us and God. But guess what? It's not God who moved. God's close to the brokenhearted. He's there. He wants to reveal his presence, but sometimes because of what we've walked through in life, we need God to just bring healing to these dark places of our soul that need it so we can sense his presence and be close to him like he's close to us. So it could be if you're walking through a season where it feels so overwhelming and it feels like it's more than you can handle, it could be that God wants to reveal his presence to you in a new and tangible way. The other thing is, he could be trying to teach you to experience his power in a way that you've never experienced before. His presence and his power one of my heroes of the faith, probably like many of you, is the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul was this incredibly bold man of God. He was transformed. He went from not serving God and persecuting the church, he got completely transformed. He heard God's audible voice. He gave his life completely to Christ, repented, and then he went on a mission to tell everyone about Jesus. That's how he lived his life, bold. And because of this boldness, he was beaten to the point of death. He was whipped 
He was arrested. He was even bitten by a snake, a poisonous snake, and lived. He saw the miraculous right in front of his eyes many times. God used him to heal people, to do the miraculous through him, to do the supernatural. He experienced that, and he experienced it in his own life. He experienced the power of healing. Like I said, he got bit by a snake, lived. Didn't even bother him. So he knew God's power. He knew God could do anything he wanted to do. He saw it. The Bible says that Paul had a thorn in his flesh. And three times he asked God to remove this thorn. Now, scholars have speculated over what this thorn is. Is it metaphorical? What is this thorn? Is it physical? I mean, he got beaten a lot. Could it have been like a physical ailment due to some whip that he experienced in his day? Could be he had, the Bible says he had poor eyesight towards the end. He had an eye issue. Might have been that. It could have been persecution, like a group of people or a person that was just like a thorn in his side everywhere he went. They tormented him. They, they distracted people from what he was trying to do. We don't know what the thorn was, but whatever it was, he pleaded with God to remove it. Three times. Now we think, okay, maybe he prayed three times. Like, God, will you remove this thorn? God, would you remove this thorn? God, this thorn, would you remove it? That's not what the Bible's saying. It's talking about three seasons of time where he prayed. He probably had his church praying. All the church he's planted. Guys, I need something from you. Would you pray that God would remove this thorn? And God didn't do it. Paul knew he could. Paul had seen him do anything. The impossible, he saw it with his own eyes. He believed God was capable of doing anything. And this is what God says to him. This is what I love about Paul. Paul asked God to remove the thorn and and, and God actually spoke to him right back. This is what he said, 2 Corinthians 12, 9 through 10. He said, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I actually delight in weaknesses and insults and hardships and persecutions and difficulties, for when I'm weak, then I am strong. My wife pointed this out to me. I really didn't know this. I used to think it said, for when I'm weak, then God is strong. It doesn't. It says, for when I'm weak, I am strong. Why? Because of Christ's power in me. Amen. So Paul has this thorn. And he's asking it for, to be removed. God, I know you can do this. I know you can. Maybe you've had some of those thoughts. God, how long are you going to allow me to walk through this season? Why haven't you answered my prayer? 
Why can't you just help this depression go away? Why can't you just heal my child so I don't have to see them suffer over and over and over again? Can't you just fix my marriage, God? Can't you just do something? Can't you just turn my teen's heart back towards you? Can't you help me one month not to be financially strapped? Can you provide for me supernaturally? Can you just do this one thing? I've seen you do it for other people. Can't you do it for me? I've read about it in the Bible that you've done this. Can't you do it for me? And this is what Paul was saying. I know you can do this. But God says, my grace is sufficient for you. My powers made perfect in weakness. Now listen, so many times when we talk about the power of God, we think about supernatural healing. That's what we all want. We want to experience the power of the supernatural in our lives. I know I do. And I know I'm going to believe God for that to the day I die. That I believe he can do anything supernaturally in his power. But in this case, the power wasn't through a supernatural sign, wonder, or miraculous healing. It was through weakness. It was through pain. It was through my, my power's going to rest on you in your pain, in your distress, in your suffering. My power is going to be so strong on you. I'm going to be there for you. My presence is going to be strong. And the people around you are going to experience my power because of what you're walking through. I know this is a tough message to hear. And it might seem a little hopeless. Like this, are you telling me I'm going to just keep walking through pain? For a season, sometimes we do. I don't believe we have to stay in this pain. We walk through valleys. We don't stay in valleys. Either do I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. We walk through. But the only way to walk through the valley is through it. You have to keep moving forward and believe that God is trying to reveal himself to you and to others around you in these seasons. I mean, Paul, I mean, you talk about a guy who should have been healed of this thorn. A guy that devoted his entire life to God. A guy that experienced more pain and trauma due to being a Christian than probably anyone else on the face of the planet. If, any, if God was going to heal anyone, it would be him, right? And God said, listen. Not everything that you walk through in this life, I'm going to turn around for you right away because my power is revealed in it. My grace is sufficient and my power is made perfect in weakness. So God might be trying to show you and reveal to you his power that you're stronger than you think you are. And not because you're strong on your own, but because you're strong in Him. I mentioned this before. I don't want to go into detail, too much detail on it, but twice in my life, I've had seasons of such strong anxiety that it has crippled my ability to function in everyday life. Like crippled it. 
Like I couldn't do things I always used to do. I just couldn't. I equate it to someone who's had like a migraine. You, you understand what it's like to experience migraine headaches for a season where literally the pain is so strong you can't do anything. Or someone else who's in chronic pain where the pain is so strong all the time that you can't even think straight. This is the season. I've had this twice in my life. And the last time this happened, I was sitting in my house in extreme mental and physical agony more than I could bear, crying out to God, pleading with him to take this off of me. God, it's more. Remove this thorn. Remove it, please. It's more than I can bear. I'm praying, I'm seeking him, doing everything I know how to do. I'm reading his word, I'm binding the enemy, I'm seeking God, I'm getting prayer, I'm doing everything I know how to do. And I'm still feeling this excruciating pain. And it was in the month of December and, and our leaves had not been raked around our house completely yet, so we had to get someone to come out. We found them on uh, an app called Thumbtack, I think. We had a guy come out and it was freezing temperatures outside and he was outside my house for six hours raking these leaves. And I'm just like staring out the window at this poor guy raking my leaves and I'm just sitting there praying and asking God to remove this thorn from me. And the Lord said, I want you to write a letter to this guy who's raking your leaves. I heard it so clearly. I'm like, what? God, forget about him. I need you. I spend my life ministering to people. Like, I need you right now. I need a touch. I'll tell you what, I'll make a deal with you. You, you lift this burden off of me and I'll, I'll write a letter. <laughs> write a letter. So I get out this piece of paper and the Lord just starts downloading stuff to me about this man's life. It was actually pretty incredible. I don't remember all the things that I wrote in this letter, but it was something like God sees you, you're struggling with knowing if he's real, you're scared for your future, you have no idea what to do next, and the Lord wants you to know that you made the right choice. I didn't even know what this meant, but you made the right choice, stop second guessing it, stay on the path you're on, God's with you, he's gonna bless you, and he's gonna show you how close he is to you in this season. Didn't know if this guy was a Christian, didn't know anything. So at the very end, this guy's done, he comes to get paid. So I give him this letter, and it's the letter with a check, and I gave him a little extra because it was freezing out there. And I sent him on his way, and I thought, maybe I'll never hear from this guy again. Within minutes, he calls me on my phone. Within minutes, he says, how did you know this about me? Who told you? How do you know me? I said, I I don't know you. This is going to sound weird, but I was sitting in my house. I was praying for you. I was just praying in general, and the Lord showed me that stuff, and he said to give you this letter. And this guy says to me on the phone, he said, I just walked away from church after growing up in a charismatic church my entire life. I just walked away from it because everyone had a story of something supernatural, but I never have. I've never heard God's voice. 
I've never experienced his presence. I've never experienced his power. All these other people have story after story, but I'm like, maybe God just abandoned me. Maybe he doesn't like me. Maybe he hasn't chosen me. Maybe he's not even real. And so I've walked away. And I took this step and I started this business and it's not going well. And I have some young kids at home and a wife and I just don't know, my life is out of control. He said, but this letter showed me that God's real and that he loves me and that he is speaking to me and that he is for me and that he does have a plan that's good for my life. And he said, I can't thank you enough for sending this to me. I'm gonna start going back to church and I'm gonna start growing closer to the Lord because of it. I'm in pain. I'm asking the Lord to take this pain, but sometimes his power is made perfect in our weakness. I wouldn't have been home that day. I, wouldn't, I would have raked my own leaves. But God wanted to reveal his power to this guy who was desperate for him. And he used my pain. He didn't create it, but he used it. He used my desperation. He used how close I was to him in that season to hear from him and be able to deliver a word to someone who needed it. See, sometimes God wants us, he wants to teach us about his presence and he wants to teach us about his power. I believe he wants to do that with all of us. None of us like being in situations where it's more than we can handle. None of us like that. But that's a lot of times where God shows himself so faithful to us and that's where we learn to depend on him instead of on ourselves. Listen to this verse in 2 Corinthians 1, 8 and 9. Listen to this. This is so powerful. This is Paul. He says, we think you ought to know, dear brothers and sisters, about the trouble we went through in the province of Asia. Listen to this. We were crushed and overwhelmed beyond our ability to endure. Wow. And we thought we would never live through it. In fact, we expected to die. But as a result, we stopped relying on ourselves and learn to rely on God. Wow, that one verse, that one verse says it all. This is the Apostle Paul talking again to the church at Corinth, saying, I was in a season of life where I was crushed and overwhelmed beyond what I thought I could endure. But... As a result, I stopped relying on my own strength, on my own gifts, on my own talents, on my own abilities, and I learned to fully rely on God. It's in these seasons of adversity that God shows us how to rely on Him. Let's bow our heads. Some of you can relate to this statement in the verse I just read. I am crushed and overwhelmed beyond my ability to endure. 
If that's you in this place with no one looking around, would you just raise your hand? Thank you. Hands are going up. A lot of people. If you're watching this online, would you just type that in the chat? It's beyond what I can bear. I want to encourage you this morning, if that's you walking through this. God is close to the brokenhearted. The word of God says he will never leave you or forsake you. He's with you in this season. Even if he feels distant, even if it feels like beyond what you can bear, he's with you. He's got you. Any mistake that you've made that you feel shame or guilt, he can redeem it. Any situation that is so painful, man, I'm going to pray and believe that this season will end soon. I believe it will, but I'm going to pray also that he gives you the strength to endure in the pain, in the distress, and I'm going to plead with you to cry out to him in your distress, just like Jonah. In my distress, I called out to the Lord, and he heard me. And he was close to me. That's what God wants to do for you today. I can't promise you that all your problems are going to go away today. I wish I could. And sometimes God's supernatural power does that. But what I can promise you is he's with you. He sees your pain. He sees your heartache. He sees that you're crushed and he's there and his presence is going to be made known in your life and he is going, his power is going to be made perfect in this weakness. He's going to use your pain and turn it into purpose at some point for his glory and for you also. Father, I just pray over every single person that raised their hand watching this online who feels so crushed in this season. I pray that you would reveal to them that it's not their new normal. It's just a season. And the season will pass at some point. But in the midst of the pain and in the midst of the distress, I pray you would reveal your presence strong to them that they would sense your love, your presence, and your power like they've never sensed before. In the name of Jesus, amen. Thanks again for listening to the Community Christian Church Podcast. For more messages like this and other resources, visit us online at cccsterling.org.